0: Watching able-bodied millionaires Play with each other Watching less agile millionaires Talk about it on TV May they compile copious points So they are rewarded and meritorious So you feel temporarily Adjacently victorious Sports go sports Athletics are number one Participants are heroes Go team yeah That's weird Welcome Ladies and gentlemen To a very special Rundown Premiere, that's right. We're talking sports, son. Welcome to Rundown Sports. Now we decided that we're going to take a little break from talking about uh, sweaty guys fake fighting each other and talk about sweaty guys throwing a ball around, because we're going to do a preview of the NFL season heading in to 2019 then to 2020. To do that. I need some people who are a little bit smarter than me.
1: So bring that big dick energy. Jason is here. You, you, I feel a little misled. You told me we we're going to do a thing where we we're going to talk about balls. And I, I had no idea. I, I think I thought something different. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's, well, this, I mean,
1: this got weird now. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, you can
0: still keep your dick out. It's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, but it's not just going to be me and the co owner. That's right. We still have owners around here. In the uh, <laughs> of the front, of the rundown, we're bringing Sal with us today. Sal's here. How you doing, Sal? Let's talk some football. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to start off our preview by talking about the North. We are going to try to get through both AFC and NFC. I doubt we're going to, so we're probably going to have to split these up into different things. But we're going to start by talking about the NFC North. Now that, of course, is the Detroit Lions, the Minnesota Vikings, the Chicago Bears, and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, little back story, of course, I am from Wisconsin, so I am a Green Bay Packers fan. Uh, Sal and Jason are both from the New England area, and Sal is a Patriots fan.
1: And a Carolina Panthers fan, apparently.
0: And apparently a Carolina Panthers fan. While Jason is a fan of the Miami Dolphins, because he's a masochist. (laughs) So, <laughs>
1: pretty much, yeah. yeah. Pretty much.
0: yeah. So uh, I, I had everyone kind of taken a uh, take a peek at uh, the divisions and and decide who they thought were the top of the division and who they thought were the worst, and of course make their predictions based on that. Now we need to. Yeah, start... Yeah, I totally
1: forgot to do that.
0: That's okay. We need okay. to. We need to start with the worst in the NFC North. Is there anyone that can compellingly make a argument on why it's not going to be the Detroit Lions?
2: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, there's nothing that they've done that even looks like they're trying to improve. Fair you enough. Know? Uh, oh,
0: J- Jason, are you okay oh, with... Go ahead.
1: Yeah, because they're dealing with the curse of Jim Bob Cooter. Yes. So <laughs> That's true. the Cooter curse... We'll be with them for quite
0: a while. Yeah, so let's let's go ahead and talk about that. So the Detroit Lions, we are all chosen as the bottom of the barrel in the NFC North. They started things off by uh, firing Jim Bob Cooter as their offensive coordinator, which oof,
1: th- yeah. Uh, and they how hired... do you fire the best name in the NFL? I don't know. <laughs> Is there a better fucking name in the NFL? Not since he hate me has a name. Been so revered within a football circle as Jim Bob Cooter. As Jim Bob Cooter. Yes, I I love it.
0: Uh, yes, of course, James Roberts, but better known as Jim Bob. Uh, he is replaced by Daryl Bevel uh, as offensive coordinator. You know, Bevel's a guy that's been around for, for quite some time, but I didn't think that the offense was the issue with the Lions. It's, it's more personnel and everything like that, but let's get a little bit more into that.
1: Uh, they also hired hey, John Bonamego as special teams coordinator. Go ahead, Jason. To be fair, Jim Bob Cooter was not Matt Patricia's hire, yes. so I yeah. sort of understand the notion of when things go bad, you you sort of put the put the onus on the guy who you didn't hire, who's not your guy. Sure. So I, I sort of understand why they made the move. Still, I, I know like quarterbacks from every NFL franchise were were fucking just lining up because at least once a day they tell somebody to get me some cooter. So, (laughs) Oh, my gosh, yeah. All right, so um, some
0: of the player personnel moves that the Detroit Lions took care of this offseason. The list of people that they wind up losing in free agency, um, they released Glover Quinn, Nicholas Grisby, and Trevor Bates, and Connor Cook. All four of those guys are still free agents. Uh, They released Bruce Ellington, uh, who signed with the Patriots. Uh, TJ Lang, their all-pro guard, retired. Um, And then they released Nevin Lawson, who uh, signed with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, The other unrestricted free agents they had, Kerry Hyder goes to Dallas. Luke Wilson goes to uh, Oakland Raiders, not the brother of Owen. Uh, Eli Harold to the Buffalo Bills uh, Ziggy Ansah to the Seattle Seahawks uh, which I would say is arguably their biggest loss uh, Ziggy's still one of the one of the better defensive ends in the league
1: yeah, I, just, I disagree though okay uh,
0: Nick Bellore the fullback goes to Seattle uh, Levine to oh, Jesus Tololo goes to the 49ers mm-hmm. who Toliolo. Tololo sorry uh, who of those guys do you feel is their, their biggest loss this offseason
1: Um, For me, it would be TJ Lang. And I say that because this is an offensive line that had a fuck ton of trouble, you know, supporting and keeping Stafford on his feet last year as it was. So now to lose probably, I'm not even really arguably, your best offensive lineman, um, that's going to be a real problem. And I don't know that they did much to replace that position either.
0: Right on. Sal, what's your thoughts on that?
2: See, my problem, regardless of the people that Detroit lost, and it was significant, Um, Matthew Stafford is just deteriorating before our eyes. You know, I I knew once Calvin Johnson left, he wasn't going to be what he once was. But at 31 years old, like Jason, like you said, the beating he's taken without a solid offensive line, it's going to start getting worse. And he doesn't really have that much talent outside of Kenny Galladay around him
1: that's what you just said when you said he's deteriorating i don't think he's deteriorating i think the quality of personnel around him has deteriorated well, it's, significantly. it's
2: david carr syndrome when this you get a, hit so much uh, that well this this is, a team that,
1: go ahead. this is a team that essentially gave away their best receiver for nothing last year mm. yeah yeah. And and you can you
0: could put a little bit of uh, of Stafford's trouble on the offensive line, like Jason said, with with him only really having one guy who could actually play. Um and the heats the hits that he's taken. But yeah, I mean the the people around him not a hundred percent great. I mean, you're you're looking at a team that Pretty much has Danny Amendola, and that's not
1: the person you want starting on your team. <laughs> um, and as you said, you told everyone I'm a Dolphins fan, so if anybody knows about bad offensive lines, yes, it's this fucking much. guy right here, okay? <laughs> okay? Yeah,
0: so of course, uh, the people that they, they brought in in free agency, uh, quarterback Connor Cook from the Bengals, that's just a, a guy, that's a body. Uh, mm-hmm. They signed Danny Amendola from the, from the Dolphins because people still think he's going to turn things around i guess um justin coleman the cornerback from seattle trey flowers that gave all the money to the defensive end from new england uh, uh patricia guy yep yeah uh, jesse james the tight end from pittsburgh uh, ode abushi the guard from arizona which i guess would be your heir apparent to tj langs and that's not a good heir apparent <laughs> <laughs> uh andrew adams the safety out of, out of tampa bay tommy lee jones uh, the wide receiver of New Orleans. Hell of an
1: actor, though.
0: It's true. Uh, Logan Thompson, tight end out of Buffalo. Rashawn Melvin, cornerback out of Oakland Raiders. A Decent pickup. C.J. Anderson, running back out of Los Angeles. Tom Savage, quarterback from the Bengals. Uh, just like, give us both Bengals quarterbacks. Give them all fucking three. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then their draft uh, that they had, uh, just piling on the tight ends at this point. Took T.J. Hockenshaw uh, in the first round. Uh, Jelani Tave, Tave from uh, Hawaii linebacker in the second round. Uh, safety Will Harris in the third. Defensive end Austin Bryant. Uh, cornerback Amani Ororari. <laughs> uh, wide receiver mm-hmm. Travis Fulgham. Running back Ty Johnson and Titans Isaac Nawata and defensive tackle PJ Johnson. So that is the people that they brought in. Uh, is that enough for them to have a better season than six and ten
1: probably not um the most intriguing name on that list is for me cj anderson because i've always been a fan of cj anderson back to the denver days i thought um he was actually a really good player there was a time when miami was actually in the mix to sign him and i was all for it uh i think they signed him to an offer sheet and denver matched it um but he sort of really fell off the map there for, for a year or so bounced around to a few teams, found a spot in LA and played really fucking well for the Rams down the stretch last year. Um, of course the question being, we've seen that system has supported running backs really well. So is CJ Anderson back to his Denver early years form or was he just the beneficiary of a tremendous offensive line in the system built for a running attack? I don't know. I guess we're going to find out now. Um, (laughs) The one thing he did sort of develop more with the Rams that he didn't really do much of with Denver was was uh, participating in the passing game, uh, and that's going to be a huge thing for Detroit because they love to have their running backs involved in the passing game, especially a guy like Theo Riddick, uh, who I think is still there. Um, he takes most of the passing downs work, but I could definitely see C.J. Anderson sort of flexing more muscle in the passing game this year. He is indeed still there, yes. <laughs>
2: Uh, so, so I I absolutely agree with Jason. C.J. Innocent is the name that stood out on the list to me. Um, he had a rebound year with the Rams. I'm kind of surprised they didn't re-sign him, especially given the uh, apparent se- you know end of the season that um. Well, they drafted a running back to replace him. Yeah. Okay. Younger,
1: younger and less beat up. That's the trend well, for running backs that, that,
2: that, in the NFL. That's yeah, exactly. Now I am interested to as like you mentioned, Trey Flowers is a Matt Patricia guy. He had a lot of success. In the past couple years with the Pats. I am interested to see how he transitions in Detroit. Defense Detroit looks all right on paper, but, you know, it's going to be tough in that division. It really is, because you're not going to win in Chicago. You're probably not going to win in Minnesota. And then, I don't know what their strength of schedule looks like this year, but I'm imagining it's not going to be easy.
0: Well, I mean, probably a little bit better because they did finish last in the division, so they're facing a bunch of last place teams, but Again, you're looking at a team that um, didn't really upgrade much in terms of their wide receiver game. You know, Amendola is who knows what he is. Um, I, I think pairing up Riddick and Anderson is is a decent running attack, but they're not, again, like Jason said, they're more known for, for throwing passes to the running backs than actually having a running back that can, can run. The tight end position was one that got a complete revamp to it. Um, Hawkinson coming in, who knows really what he's going to do. Jesse James coming in, you know he's he's a decent uh, guy that he can learn
1: from. And that's uh, the Bill Belichick influence there, because Belichick loves to run his offense through his tight ends. So you right, can See yeah. Patricia trying to take some some cues from that. Right. Exactly. Um, I've I've long been a believer that
0: you never sign a New England free agent that they're not going to sign themselves. So giving ninety mm-hmm. million to Trey mm-hmm. Flowers seems really ridiculous. Uh, for any team, especially one like this, where you're you're looking to kind of build from the ground up to to put all that money on the guy, it, it worries me a little bit for them.
1: Uh, he's not he's not a Khalil Mack. He's not a, a but, game changer guy. Go ahead. But you had to. That's the thing. Like yeah. to get New England to not match it and bring them back, you had, yeah, to, had to throw a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, if if you get a young guy who you think is on the upswing and on the verge of superstar, and that's what you do. And the beauty of the NFL, in a sense, is like you can make those mistakes, and it doesn't hamstring you the way it does in other sports. Right. And people can give me blue balls about the salary cap, and oh, we're going to be in cap jail. That's all a bunch of bullshit that the media creates because when was the last fucking team that couldn't re sign a good player that they wanted to keep? It doesn't Absolutely. happen. Well, you yeah, can we- move money around as as needed. There's no such thing as being in cap jail
2: in the NFL. And right. you can cut people before their contracts get too expensive. We see it yeah. all the time. These veterans yeah. get cut on a certain day of the summer so they don't have to get their bo- they don't have to pay them their bonuses. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, and Dominican Sue got like a $400 billion deal from Miami, and then they cut him before exactly. any of the real money was due.
0: Right. Um, you know, you're, you're just taking a look at this team. Um, like I said, Trey Flowers obviously is, is, is a big upgrade on the line there. He doesn't have much around him, though. I mean, uh, Deshaun Hand uh, was all-rookie last year. He kind of gets bumped on the down the charts a little bit. But, again, like, you know, what? What are you going to do? Their secondary,
1: I mean, Darius Slay, Devon Wilson. Which Darius Slay do you get? Do you get Darius Slay of two (laughs) years ago when he was a shutdown candidate? Or do you get Darius Slay of last year where he was giving up deep balls fairly regularly?
0: Right. Uh, You bring in Justin Coleman from Seattle who will probably be the starter, possibly Rashad Melvin. A lot of those guys feel like nickel corners that they're going to be forced into starting because there's not really much else talent around there. So, you know, um, other other than that, I mean, what else is there really to say about this team other than they're in a tough division, you know? Yeah. Even even with Green Bay kind of sliding like they did last year, the Chicago defense is just looking amazing as always. Uh, Minnesota has, you know, up their defense as well, which we'll talk about in a little bit. I don't know that they have made enough strides to overcome what the rest of the guys in the division have done. So.
1: No, I agree. I think that's why we all picked them to finish the yeah. last. And- exactly. All right. Any other
0: any other thoughts on Detroit before we move on?
1: Uh, at least it's not Cleveland. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um,
0: as much as it pains me, I, I have. Green Bay finishing third in this division. Uh, Jason, what what are your feelings on it?
1: Uh, I'm going to agree with you. Um, and we live in an era where a quarterback sort of dictates how you do as a team. Um, and obviously, Green Bay has one of the handful of the best in the game, no doubt about that. But you look at the weapons we talked about weapons deteriorating in Detroit god damn have the weapons deteriorated in Green Bay wow. um, they' I mean they're using converted running back converted wide receivers as their lead running backs at various times uh, Aaron Jones definitely proved he's he has the potential to be elite this year uh, if they actually give him the fucking ball um, that's sort of the curse if, if you can have a great running back and that's sort of the curse when you have a great quarterback is the great running back tends to uh, go by the wayside. That said, that defense still very, very questionable. Yeah. So, uh, yeah,
0: and- let's, so, so let's talk about it a little bit. So, uh, obviously, first year for new head coach Matt LaFleur. Uh, he replaces Mike McCarthy, who should have been gone years ago, in my opinion.
1: Well,. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, So, so it's hard to blame Aaron Rodgers' injuries on Mike McCarthy, though.
0: No, but but it's easy to blame terrible play calling in the fourth quarter on
1: Mike McCarthy. But I, I believe if you go back and look, their record, Mike McCarthy's record when he had Aaron Rodgers was pretty good.
2: Yeah, but, well, in the regular season, but not the playoffs. Yeah, and that, Mike McCarthy historically was not good when the when it mattered, really.
1: Yeah, and that's well, so that's, that's, that's so weird. fucking unfair that they do that to people though, because you talk about such a small sample size. You're comparing a huge sample size of 16 games a year with potentially one game. Yeah, against um, an elite team. Yeah, reg- but
0: regardless of of result, the fact of the matter was there that there was a rift between your star quarterback and and the coach. And this is the way that they dealt with it. They released Mike McCarthy, started fresh with Matt LaFleur. So uh, we'll see if um, LaFleur is a wild card. He's never been a head coach before. You know, he's another one of those, those Sean McVay guys that everyone is coming their pants over. Uh, but he's unproven, and we don't know exactly what his offense is going to look like. Um so the uh, some of the departures in free agency, Bashad Breland uh, goes over to Kansas City. He was a standout at cornerback and safety for the Packers. Uh, safety Contrell Bryce goes to Tampa Bay. Randall Cobb, their longtime wide receiver, goes to Dallas. Uh, Clay Matthews goes to the Los Angeles Rams. Who knows what he's really got left in the tank over there? But you know, uh, and then the inside linebacker Jake Ryan goes to Jacksonville. Um, so they wound up. Uh, bringing in, from the Bears, safety Adrian Amos. Uh, from the Redskins, linebacker Preston Smith. From the Ravens, linebacker Zadarius Smith. From the Broncos, Billy Turner. Uh, the kicker from Seattle, Sam Ficken, just to kind of push Mason Crosby a little bit. Um, and then uh, Mike Tyson joined the team. So. <laughs> Uh, they, they also released Nick Perry, their longtime linebacker. Uh, Nico Saragusa, Tony Saragusa's kid, also bounced. Uh, and then their draft, they uh, took outside linebacker Rashawn Gary in the first round, took safety Darnell Savage Jr. in the first round, uh, took center Elgin Jenkins in the second round, took tight end Jay Sternberger in the third. Fifth round, saw defensive end Kingsley Kiki, uh, cornerback. Kadar Holman and running back Dexter Williams in the sixth and linebacker Ty Summers in the seventh. Uh, so of the departures and the additions, what stands out to you, Sal?
2: I know he's not the same player he used to be, but the departure of Randall Cobb to me is almost an admission of rebuilding. Um, I do Loved when Randall Cobb was was at the top of his game and Rogers was throwing to him. I thought it was a great dynamic. You didn't put any weapons around Rogers, and I think that's a huge problem because oh. he's still good. No, he's no, still. No, no. I'm
1: sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you on that. They consistently tried to put weapons around Aaron Rodgers.
2: No, no, I mean just now. I mean just this offseason. Oh,
1: okay, I was going to say, their complete no, no, inability no. to find an effective tight end or utilize that position at all, they brought in guy after guy after yeah. guy who had right. a history of success at that position and never found anybody that could do it once Jermichael Finley retired.
2: Oh, you're absolutely right on that. I will say this about the new coach and the new regime. I like this draft. I like uh, Rashawn Gary. I like Savage. I think they can make an immediate impact.
0: Yeah, um, going defense uh, when you do still have a couple of holes in, uh, on offense. They went really hard on defense. Obviously, kind of rebuilt their their defense with um, the uh, two Smiths uh, at, at linebacker, as well as drafting one. And then you know going to um, Adrian Amos at safety uh, really shows that they're trying to give. Um, the the defensive coordinator uh, all the weapons they can um, that is the returning Mike Patin uh, Mike Mike Patton um, my big thing obviously is so the tight end position um, Jimmy Graham returns he really he did not have a great first year for them uh, Mercedes Lewis returns as a kind of veteran influence but again they just they were very ineffective wide receiver Devonte adams has shown flashes of being a star but he continues to have a drop issue um and jay comero uh Quantumist st brown marquez valdez scanning there are a lot of guys that's that that i think were people who would be slot receivers on most of the teams or maybe backups on other teams so the fact that these guys are getting pressed into being starters uh geronimo allison kind of took a step forward but then he was injured for most of last season so huge well, question I, marks go ahead
1: Marquez Valdez-Skandling was really, really good in a couple of games where he was working out of the slot, and then when Randall Cobb got hurt and they switched him to the outside, he really sort of dropped off. Yeah. So if they can keep Geronimo Allison on the outside and move uh, Skandling to the slot where he had some success, mm-hmm. he may just be better suited in that role. That could open up a whole lot for that offense, and particularly Devontae Adams. And you talked about his drop issues, and yes, he does have some drop issues, no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. That said, the guy is typically money in the end zone. He seems yes. to catch every mm-hmm. touchdown throw that's it's directed his way. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. then you, you guys talked about it. Aaron Jones at running back uh, really started to show uh, that when he is given the opportunity, he can do a lot. Uh, his yards per carry were, were one that were some of the best that we've seen for out of Green Bay running backs for for quite a while, but again, he didn't get as many snaps as he should have.
1: Well, and, and amongst rookies getting suspended, he's right at the top of the list. <laughs> That's true. Um,
2: that is true. Yeah. Hey, I have a question about Jimmy Graham. Yes, was this guy just a product of that Sean Payton, Drew Brees system? Because he's pretty much failed everywhere <sighs> else. You
0: you kind of well, have to start wondering that, but I don't think he's he's I, quite failed yet because it's a t- it's a tight end. So tight end is, is right. sort of looked at a different ways and systems are obviously different. I mean, in New England, yeah, he's he's a receiving tight end. He's going to get a bunch of shots of that. In in Seattle, like they're more right. you know it's they're more of a running team they're more you know they they so it's it's really kind of system based now last year he just couldn't get it going um hmm. but he, he came back and he's you know he's been given another shot to see if he can kind of reclaim some of the magic that he had before
1: but he also again we we talk all the time i've said it several times how much of his struggles was a product of Aaron Rodgers not being on the field as much yeah. as anticipated
0: yeah that's that's very true as well i mean a lot of these guys on offense who who might have had more down years can be attributed to Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, <laughs>
2: you know, <laughs> it, it is what it is.
1: Um, I mean, so, I'm going to go out on, on a limb and say Julian Edelman's numbers take a hit if Tom Brady gets hurt.
0: Oh yeah, for you know? right. sure.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: so the other thing thing too is that uh, not only did the Packers have a new head coach, they have a new offensive coordinator as well. Uh, because Joe Philbin, once he was told he wasn't going to be head coach, was just like, "Peace out." So they bring in Nathaniel Hackett for the was Jacksonville's offensive coordinator last season. Take that as you will, <laughs> you know. Uh, so again, there's there's a lot of questions on the offensive front. Obviously, Matt The Floor being an offensive minded coach as well. Um, I think that their defense should be improved this year, but that their offense yeah. does worry
1: me a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm still more concerned with that defense. I mean, first off, you give up the best name in the NFL and haha, Clinton Dix. That was, um, that was two years ago, by the way. Well, whatever. They still lost <laughs> him off the defense. Yeah. The the point is, I, I just that defense was god awful last year. Um, I, I just don't see any real urgency in those moves to fix the problem. I mean, they're they're still very very thin at, in the secondary. Yes. Um, and you're now talking about, and and we can sit here until we're blue in the face and question what Clay Matthews had left, but at least you know what he had the potential to bring. Right. I don't see anybody right now that they have that has the potential upside that a Clay Matthews had. Um, so it, it's gonna. I, I think defense is a huge question mark right now for this team. I'd feel more comfortable with their offense than I would with the defense, just because. At least they've got an Aaron Rodgers on offense. Right. They don't have an Aaron Rodgers on defense. That's no true. Saying. I mean you're looking at um, you're looking at a
0: lot of new players on this defense. Um, mm-hmm. some of them rookies. I mean, Rashawn Gary is probably gonna be pressed into to starting opposite Dean Lowry, who is not a starter. Uh, Kenny Clark showed some, but he's again He's not he's not that guy that that can take up two two you know uh, o line blockers you know uh, Smith was a very, had a very good year last year with Baltimore uh, we'll see if that transitions Preston Smith was decent for Washington but that. Inside linebackers: Blake Martinez, Oren Burks, Cairo Frackle. Not really any of them were able to step up when other guys went down.
1: Well, Martinez spent a lot of the year hurt. I do think he has the potential to be special. Yeah, uh, the the probably the biggest bright spot was Jair
0: Alexander last year. Uh, looked really good at cornerback. Uh, he's got another; he'll have a full season under his belt. So you know, there's there's that. But again, your your safeties are a rookie. And Adrian Amos, who was OK for Chicago, which is one of the top right defenses, you know, uh, and he was not really a bright spot to the point where even the GM was just like, hey, we got a better guy than, <laughs> than our last guy, which <laughs> isn't something your GM normally <laughs> says. Uh, so there's also there is still the question of Mason Crosby. He had a, another kind of shitty year last year with some some bad misses. He's been sort of on the hot seat each of the past couple of years, and every time he has a bad year, he seems to have a good year to keep his job. And I just don't know how much longer that goes before kicker becomes a complete question for them. Not that kicker is, like, the most important position, but still a position of.
2: No, I was going to say, but it can cost you some games, and, and games in the standings in this division could be detrimental to them, you know, tenfold. Exactly. Because. You you know if you can get to a nine and seven in the NFC, sure, maybe you can get a chance in the playoffs. But you're not winning this division, so that's your only shot as a wild card. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, Sal, you got anything else to say about uh, about the Packers?
2: <sighs> I, I, look, I always said that I thought Rogers was easily uh, one of the best in the league. You know for the past six, seven years, but every time he gets hurt, I just cringe. Yeah. Because I just, he can't fucking not. Like, it's like every year something, you know? And it's always something harsh, like a call. Yeah, but you
1: know what? It serves him for dropping a hot piece of ass like Olivia Munn, so... Hey man, I will admit, Danica Patrick is not
2: all
0: that great. She looks like a fucking monkey to me. She, she's no Olivia Munn. She's no. She's no Olivia Munn. That's
1: for sure. Look, Appara- apparently,
0: okay. Olivia. If 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 you ask Packer family around here, Olivia Munn is a, is a,
1: a bitch, though. So,
0: and apparently, she
1: well, if terrible, you ask so. Olivia Munn, Aaron Rodgers was quite the
0: asshole to her. Yes, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> there is there is still that whole conversation about the fact that Aaron Rodgers doesn't talk to his family anymore. So there's
1: there's something, <laughs> he does seem like, like sort on. of a cunt, doesn't he? Like a Aaron Rodgers. Like I don't know him. I don't follow him significantly enough and and people talk about Brady, but Brady seems very personable and affable and you know, he he'll talk to media, he'll joke around with people like Aaron Rodgers just seems like an asshole. And sometimes to be that great elite athlete, you sort of have to be able to sort of just focus, hyper focus on sports, and that makes you tend to be an asshole. But Man, he he comes he does not come across as a dude except in the discount double check commercials. Yeah, uh, he does not come across as a guy you want to hang out with. Yeah,
0: you know he's he's another one of those guys. He does a lot of shit for the community. You know he does yeah. he does a lot of charity and stuff like that. But yeah, there are times that he does sort of come across as
1: kind of a prick. Um, yeah. and he hangs out with Chris Paul apparently if you believe the insurance wow. commercials. But <laughs> wow. but uh, anyway, Olivia girl, if if you still hurting girl. Hmm. You know, mm. I, I, the, I can the, think of three tubby fucking middle-aged dudes who would be happy yeah. to like run, run a <laughs> train. There's a there's a reason I was very chew fucking chew. You know what I'm saying?
0: There was a reason why I was willing to watch Magic Mike. <laughs> so let's just put it that way.
1: For Kevin Nash. Okay, for yeah. Kevin
0: Kevin Nash and Olivia Munn's titties. I couldn't figure out which which one was the more important thing to me. Probably Kevin Nash with a with a cock bump. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, anything else to say about the backers, uh, Jason?
1: No, I think, we, I think we covered all the important shit. Right. I got the Olivia Munn stuff in. We're go. good.
0: So yeah. now, so now comes to the bit to the debate of who do we talk about next? This might be where we differ a little bit. Okay.
2: So, well, let's talk about the Vikings if you want to go by, you know, well, last year's standings. Well,
0: so I, I have the Vikings finishing second in this division. I do See, too.
1: I have them finishing first.
0: Okay. So we're gonna go majority rules on that. Uh, by the way, Sally, you should probably update your spreadsheet then if you're going to change your picks like that.
2: Uh, yeah, God <laughs> I had originally picked the Vikings to win the division, but no, uh, I, I I changed my mind as the bear.
0: Okay, <laughs> so um, so I do have the Vikings making the playoffs though, uh, even even finishing second in the division. So hard hard to argue. So all of us have the Vikings at least making the making the playoffs. But let's let's talk about it. I've got them as a wild card. Jason's got them as division winners. Uh, so let's go ahead and go through uh, what the Vikings have done. Um, so they they have brought back their pretty much their coaching staff intact. Um, they lost uh, Trevor Simeon to the Jet to the Jets. Not a huge loss. The the biggest issue I have with Tre- Trevor Simeon was the fact that uh, both him and Jake Butt were both hurt at opposite times, so we never got uh, Simeon <laughs> thrown to Butt. <laughs> very upset about that uh they lose running backs latavius murray and amir Abdullah. or no sorry they, they re-signed amir Abdullah. they lost Latavius murray to new orleans uh lost aldrick robinson um they re- they got rid of mike rimmers who's still kind of nursing an injury lost tom compton nick easton Rashad hill brett jones a lot of offensive linemen there um lost sheldon richardson uh, Anthony Barr and Anthony Harris off of their defense, as well as Andrew Cede- Cedeño, uh George Ayolaka, and Marcus Sherrills. Uh, so who did they bring in? They brought in uh, Sean Mannion as their backup quarterback from Los Angeles, um, brought in Jordan Taylor as wide receiver, um, Josh Klein as right guard, and... Um, uh, Samara Steven as, uh, from uh, Seattle. They essentially brought him back because he was he was drafted by them. Uh, uh, then brought in Duke Thomas at cornerback. And then their draft wound up being uh, first round took center Garrett Bradbury who will most likely get the start on week one. Brought in tight end Irv Smith Jr. Uh, running back Alexander Madison. Guard Drew Samia. Linebacker Cameron Smith. Defensive tackle Armand Watts. Safety Marcus Epps tackle Oli Udo cornerback Chris Bra- Boyd wide receiver Dylan Michael or Mitchell and Olabishi Johnson and long snapper Aston cutting so Jason who was the do you feel was the biggest departure that hurt him
1: I, I don't think any of the departures are really gonna hurt them that's the thing
2: yeah
1: um, I, I, you can make a case that Latavius Murray sort of bailed him out a little bit last year but I don't think he's a gigantic loss. Um I think Amir Abdullah can handle some of that, you know, punishing, you know, up the middle running that that Latavius Murray gave you. Mm. Um I think when we talk about and the reason I have these guys picked to win the division. Um first off, I think kirk cousins is going to be better this year i think it was first year new system coming off that big contract we always see that guys try to overdo it just to live up to that deal i think he's going to be a little more calm a little more comfortable this year so i think you're going to see a little bit more of the kirk cousins we saw in washington um there may not be a better receiver combo in the nfl than what they're rocking up there right now with adam thielen and Stefan Diggs both guys capable of leading oh the gosh. nfl and receiving uh-huh. um They have a serviceable tight end in Kyle Rudolph. He's not going to set the world on fire, but he can catch the ball when it's thrown to him. Also, a very good blocker. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing I think a lot of people are failing to factor in here when they talk about this is second year after the ACL for Dalvin Cook. And this guy showed flashes of being... One of an elite running back prior to that injury, um, and even last year there were moments, as, as slow as he was to come back from the injury, and, and as much as they sort of were very careful with him, there were moments where he showed flashes of that form coming back, and. I think this year we're going to see the full realization of what Dalvin Cook can be as both a running back and a pass-catching back. Um, add to that the fact that I think this defense is going... Uh, the defense was still solid last year, not as good as in previous years. I think they're going to have a little bit more of a return to form as the offense rounds into shape a little bit more, too, and keeps them off the field a little bit more. Um, I just, I, To me, this team is stacked, and I not only see them as winning this division, I see them as having a shot for a number 1 or 2 seed in the East wow. uh, in the NFC. There
2: you
0: go. Uh, Sal, what are your thoughts on on the Vikings' uh, additions and subtractions?
2: So I definitely um, agree with the fact that I don't think Latavius Murray is going to be missed. Um, Dalvin Cook, like like Jason pointed out, is going to be a lot more comfortable this year coming off the ACL one year removed after the fact my issue with the Vikings is more Kirk Cousins and I loved when Kirk Cousins signed with the Vikings I thought it was a perfect fit but I'm starting to wonder is Kirk Cousins going to be able to ascend to be an elite quarterback in this league or is he just going to be a very good Alex Smith type of guy
0: well you know Alex Smith had many many journeys into the postseason. Um, the
1: well, this, no no see, I, that that comparison is horribly flawed because Alex Smith was never Alex Smith didn't have the big play potential that Kirk Cousins gives you every time he drops back. I mean this is a guy who has the ability to be Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's that's the level that this guy could get to. The the uh-huh. other
0: the other flip side of that is Alex Smith never had weapons like Thielen and Diggs.
2: Oh that's absolutely true. <laughs> I mean I mean those weapons are amazing and I think you downplayed um Kyle Rudolph. I think he's a very good tight end in this league.
1: Well, and then even behind He's not The thing is like he always has the potential to be a top pass catcher, but he doesn't get the opportunities. He doesn't get right, as many because, balls thrown to him. Yeah. But Again, you talk about would you rather throw to Kyle Rudolph on a seven-yard out or would you rather throw down the sidelines to Stefan Diggs or Adam Dillon? So those opportunities aren't going to be there. I'm not knocking Kyle Rudolph. I'm saying he's going to be a victim to a degree of a lack of opportunity to be that impact player.
0: We'll see. Uh, Laquan Treadwell might get some more touches. Um, We'll see if he is anything. It sounds like they're pretty well done with him. Uh, they, they did decline his option for next year, so uh, they might be in the market for maybe someone who... Obviously, bringing in Jordan Taylor from Denver, maybe he works out a little bit better, but uh, at least in the slot, I mean, you've got you've got some options there. And then, you know, you've got the round of undrafted free agents who any one of them could easily step up, and, up into that role. But it's sort of hard because anyone behind Thielen and Diggs are not going to get that many looks, so... <laughs> uh and then over i mean their their offensive line they wind up losing you know two uh two very good starters and you replace them with josh klein who's a very good starter and Garrett bradbury who looks to be you know the real deal and a deal you know uh from the draft so they they addressed a lot of immediate needs that opened up in free agency and uh And the draft, and they didn't really have that many issues to begin with, like you said. I mean, Latavius Murray, who really knows what he is, you know? I mean, Mm -hmm. he he played in this system, and and yeah, he did show show some good flashes, but, you know, who knows? And (laughs) most of their other guys were were backups, so...
2: Yeah, and Bradbury, regardless of this being his rookie year, is the odds-on favorite to be the starting center week one. So... Yeah, if, it just shows you the talent that he is. Right.
0: If not not him, you've got uh, Brett Jones and Dakota Dozier that are are there. They're perfectly capable to step in there for at least the first week or two. Uh, they're not going to to lose you too many you know opportunities there. Uh, they're you know they they're not really they're they're just kind of there. So um, and yeah, I mean there, there's a lot of talent around Bradbury that can. Can pick up the slack if he does struggle to get out the gates too so um so otherwise I mean you're just you're looking at a team that is is very well put together uh they had one of the best defenses last year and again who'd they lose not really, really not much of anyway. they just ran the whole All thing right. back you know they've still got Anthony Barr Kendricks um they've got Everson Griffin still up front You've got that secondary is still so fucking hard to pass on. You know, Xavier Woods, Harrison Smith, you know, Trey Wayne's, they're all have done done a really good job out there. And um, yeah, I mean I don't really know what else to say other than other than I, you know, you can talk me into the Vikings taking the division. You can talk me into the Bears taking the division. They're though it's really a two-man race for for the North here, and that's why it was so easy for us to say Detroit and Green Bay. We're going to finish probably below 800 or 500. So, uh, but does do Minnesota get more than than eight wins this year? Because they were eight, seven, and one last year.
1: I think they get 12.
2: Okay. See, I I, I think they get 10, but I think the Bears get 12 again. <laughs> that's you know. Well,
1: we're, we're going to talk about the
2: Bears. I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in on my thought process.
1: Okay, yeah. all right. Okay. All right. Well, uh, did
0: you have anything else to say about the Vikings before we move on to the Bears? No, uh, we're good. All right. Uh, so the Chicago Bears, um, they they did lose a couple of people. Um, obviously, Adrian Amos, they lost to uh, to the Packers. Josh Bellamy, wide receiver, lost to the Jets. Uh, Bryce Callahan, Michael Burton, Daniel Brown, uh running back Benny Cunningham uh, offensive lineman Eric Kush. Uh, tight end Zach Miller looks to to be retired uh, Kevin White their wide receiver Marcus Williams uh, Brian Witzman the offensive lineman uh, in terms of guys that they were able to bring in um, you're looking at hold on a second uh, wide receiver Cordero Patterson Running back Mike Davis, cornerback Buster Skrin, um offensive lineman Ted Larson, safety Haha Clinton Dix, uh, wide receiver Marvin Hall, and kicker Elliot Fry, and linebacker Kevin Pierre-Lewis. So, um, other than their draft, they're, now their draft, uh, this was the first year after their draft or after their trade for Khalil Mack, so they did not have that many picks. <laughs> um, they had they didn't have a first round pick because of that. They didn't have a second round pick because they traded up in the second round to pick a shitty wide receiver the year before. Uh, so their their first pick was uh, in, in round three, run back David Montgomery, wide receiver in the fourth round, Riley Ridley, cornerback Duke Shelley in the sixth, running back Hereth White Jr. and cornerback Stefan Denmark in the seventh. Uh so uh Sal, who is who do you think is the biggest departure and who do you think is the biggest addition that they made?
2: Now, if I'm correct, um Josh Howard was a running back for the Bears and he also left nope. the team. Nope. No? No, nope. Jordan Howard, was Jordan a Howard back for the
1: Bears and he was me. traded to the Eagles. Yes. yes. He was traded. Okay. Which is a departure that Troy you didn't mention. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about
2: that. That's who I was yes, thinking. Sir. That Jordan to me would Howard, yes. be Essentially, their biggest uh, loss, because I thought that that dude had a lot of talent. But uh, Cohen has a lot of talent, and I'm sure he'll step in there. He'll be fine. I gotta. I'm not gonna turn this into a, a John Gruden Raiders bashing episode, okay? we're not but, talking about the Raiders, so I would hope But <laughs> is there ever been a bigger acquisition than Khalil Mack? Yes. Wait a minute, let me finish. Uh excuse me. Excuse me. Reggie White over here in Green Bay. Hi. No, 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 That was literally given away for no reason. We're not talking uh, about a free issue signing.
0: Yes, Reggie White over here in Green Bay.
2: <laughs> okay. In in recent memory, how about that? That's Reggie White was like what <laughs> <laughs> Were you even born in '91? Um,
1: hey, there's a certain uh, quarterback who's, who's playing, who, who's going to be playing for San Francisco this year. Um, who's that? Yeah,
2: I don't know anybody's playing for San Francisco this year. grappling hook. Yeah, I think your uh, your hopes are a little bit too too high there, buddy. But I I just look, I think Cleo Mack fits in perfectly with this defense, and I think he transcended them to be a 12 and 14. That being said. Mitch Trubisky is another year in. He will be even better than he was. And this team is not losing this division. This team is easily taking this division at 12-4, and 4, maybe even 13-3. and 3.
1: Okay, Can I explain why you're wrong here? Go for it. <laughs> okay. Um, you significantly undersold the loss of a guy like Jordan Howard because when you sit there and say, oh, I'm sure – tarot cone can can will come in and no Tarra cone's not going to come in and do that because that's not the type of running back that tarot is tarot the slash back he's the pest catching back he's not a guy he's a small guy he's not going to hold up to the workload that jordan howard held up to running between the tackles taking that punishment game in game out He's, I'll, I'll, I'll do this one for you. Tarek Cohn's not even the number one running back what on the depth that? chart Davis right now. Is. <laughs> Mike Davis, who they signed <laughs> out of Seattle, yeah. who's a scrubby in Seattle, mm-hmm. is ahead of him on their depth yeah. chart. Now, depth charts at this time of the year don't necessarily mean shit, but the fact is, Terracone is not going to fill the void that jordan howard had, had and they're uh, created and they haven't really replaced that now the reason that is substantially important and you could tell me that mitch trubisky is going to be a year better what i saw from mitch trubisky is is a, a stats compiler because he had three or four games where he just went fucking ham and threw about six touchdown passes a game the rest of the games last season were fairly pedestrian go back and look at the numbers. Um, he also had games where he just had Trey Burton go absolutely uh, the pay, the game against the Patriots, uh, mm-hmm. as I recall, Trey Burton went, but then he just goes away from him. He doesn't find him. He's not really good at at finding the guys who are his best players. He's a guy who runs a lot. And has created a lot with his legs, but as we've seen in recent history with guys like RG3, guys like Colin Kaepernick, guys whose primary weapons are their legs in this league don't last very long and don't succeed very to a, to a great degree. Um, their depth chart at wide receiver, to me, is, is questionable. Uh, Anthony Miller emerged last year as a very reliable number two option, but again, inconsistency uh big, big games in some of those games that trubisky went off, but the rest of the games again trubisky couldn't find them. Every year, I feel like, is the year that we question is Allen Robinson going to come back to his form from Jacksonville? And I just haven't seen it. He's still, he's, he's good, but he's not anywhere near where he was when he was a target monster for the Jaguars. Um, I just, I, I look up and down this team, and you can tell me all you want about their defense. And their defense was great last year. But traditionally in the NFL, teams that have that type of season defensively take a step back the following year look at the team we just talked about in the vikings they took a step back last year defensively after a great season um those kinds of defensive performances and that kind of punishing uh hitting that they do in chicago takes a toll and i you know khalil mack i'm sure will still be fine but he's even a year off having some of that chip off his shoulder now he came in last year with a lot to prove after oakland basically just gave him away um so the, I don't the, think the, you're going to have that either. So I I, I think the Bears, the Bears will be good. I think the Bears will win ten games, um. But I but I definitely see them finishing behind Minnesota this year. Yeah. Here's here's the other thing. So um, it it, it cannot be understated
0: that their offense was not great last year. Uh, they mm. had they had the twenty first ranked offense in yards, twenty first ranked in pass yards for this so called superstar quarterback. Their rushing yards they were they were ranked eleventh. That right there tells you that that was an issue. Their biggest acquisition on offense was a guy who had 500 yards rushing in Mike Davis, and that's your starter right. now. Um, now their defense, obviously, third-ranked you know, defense in yards, seventh-ranked in passing yards, first in rushing yards, first in points. That's what won them a lot of games. Here's the issue, though. Branded defensive coordinator. Now you've got Chuck Pagano, and it's going to be a hmm. learning curve for, for him to, to mold this team a little bit more into his issue. Khalil Mack, obviously, is somebody who can kind of transcend that because he's such a good player, but, you know.
1: Also, can I just point out, when you say things like first in rushing yards, we talked about the deficiency of Green Bay in the running game. Yeah, We talked outside of Aaron Jones, who they didn't catch on to until fairly late in the season. Yeah. Um, we talked about the complete inability of Detroit to get anything going with their running game. And you talk about uh, last year the Vikings without – uh, Delvin Cook for a good chunk of the season right. or, or still babying him in and handing the ball to Latavius Murray, they're in a division where the majority of their games are against teams that didn't have great running attacks. So that number might be something of a false uh, indicator. Well, you look at it, too. I mean, the, some of the other teams they faced: the Jets,
0: Miami, Buffalo... And more teams that don't you know New England as well teams that don't rush all that much right. and then you look at oh yeah the you know the offense you know was was ninth ranked in points well that's mostly because of the fact that that the offense was on the field a lot more than the defense mm-hmm. was you know because of the fact that they were shutting teams down getting three and outs with that that superior defense and there, the the other thing with the points too is a lot of these are big blowout ones. Forty eight to ten against Tampa Bay. Well that that's a lot of fucking points that, you know, goes towards Yeah, that, and that's know? gonna
2: pad your numbers, yeah. of course.
0: Then you've got the New England game was a slugfest. the Miami game was a slugfest. They wound up losing both of those games, but you scored twenty eight points, you score thirty one points, you know. You score thirty four points against Detroit, twenty three the next time you play some yeah, I mean that's that's a lot of points that you're putting up, but you're putting them against As, you know, either shitty teams or teams that just whomped your ass on the other side of it.
1: Well, and, some of the, and a good number of those points were scored on defense, too. Yes, true. So, yeah, so the, you know, um,
0: so largely the defense is the same staff, but a different different defensive coordinator, which sort of worries me a little bit, because, you know, usually your new defensive coordinator wants to put his stamp on things, and the only people that he brought in were Haha Clinton, Dix, and Buster Scranton, so... You know, like, uh, is it going to be a, a smooth transition and, and all these players are going to fit nicely into Pagano's defense, or is it going to be kind of a growing pains and, and we're going to see it a little bit? Uh, on the other side of the ball, Cordero Patterson should never be considered more than a backup wide receiver at this point <laughs> when he's getting like
1: or this... backup running back <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah,
0: when he when he's if he's starting to get consistent catches because the rest of your guys, you know, are kind of failing, then that's an issue and they had some needs on offense that they didn't address. They didn't that they, they haven't had a need for running back. Mike Davis is not the answer in my opinion. Tariq Cohen has hasn't shown me that he can carry the load. Allen Robinson is a question mark. Tyler Gabriel is okay. Uh and Anthony Miller is okay, you know, but right. if you want a team that's going to go to the Super Bowl, you need better than okay on offense. Uh the, you know, because Yes, I know, you know, we we could talk about the fact that the Ravens, you know... I was going to say it, the took Ravens. Took into it, but, that's, <laughs> but that's not what normally happens.
2: And you know? that was also 20 years ago. I will admit the NFL has changed. It's a much faster high-scoring league than it used to be. It's not 20 but years ago. When the Ravens went, won with Trent Dilfer, it was 2000, man. I wasn't talking about Trent Dilfer. Oh, you're just, you <laughs> just ripping on Joe Flacco, I got it. Yeah, but
0: they went to the Super Bowl with that Yeah, defense.
2: but I, I mean they had more weapons than that in two thousand. But they had Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, Cordell Patterson can get you first downs occasionally.
1: Can, can we can we come it's Cordero? Cordero Patterson. Cordell was the guy in, in Pittsburgh for years. It's Cordero Patterson, <laughs> it's the guy
2: that's the receiver for the Bears. Is that Cordarell?
1: No, it's Cordell. I was yeah.
2: gonna say that was Cordell Stewart. Never mind. That was what it, just yeah, I know who Cordell Stewart is.
0: Hey, you know what? But, maybe have an actual first name. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> that's that's not that's not a black that's not a rip on black people. White people name their kids fucking stupid things with how many Y's they can fit in fucking Brighton or Brighton okay. or something like that. So <laughs> ah, everybody ah, everybody needs to learn how to fucking come up with people's names now.
2: You mean every kid in my kid in my daughter's classroom? Yes.
0: <laughs> Yes. White people, stop naming your kids stupid things. Black people, stop naming your kids stupid things. Everybody, just name your kids normal names. It's not that fucking hard. Alright. This is why this is why I have issues trying to say people's names that are like draft picks and shit like that. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's all I had to say.
2: <laughs> awesome. So we're, we're basically in agreement that both the Vikings and Bears are making the playoffs, but... You know, we're we're basically jou- you know jousting between twelve and ten wins for each team, yeah. which I mean that's still fucking a great NFL season. So, yes. can can either of these teams go far in the playoffs? Jason seems to think the Vikings can go to the Super Bowl.
1: I didn't say that, but <laughs> okay, possible. Well, yeah. the,
0: Jason, who do you see going farther in the playoffs than Chicago or Minnesota?
1: The Giants? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I could make a case for Dallas. I could make a case for Philadelphia. Um,
2: the Rams.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you can make definitely make a case for the Rams. I could make a case for San Francisco if I was trying to make a case. Okay. Um, but those are all things we'll discuss in in future uh, breakdowns. I'm sure. Sure. So. Okay. So who? Of, of these four, who do we think
0: um, will have the best statistical year at quarterback?
2: Oh, probably Kirk Cousins. Okay. Even though, even though I do, you know, like Trubisky getting another year under his belt, but you know, Cousins is still going to get his numbers, and and those receivers around him are going to make sure that happens. So, yeah, Kirk Cousins is going to lead that pack.
1: No, he's not, because we're talking about stats. If we're just strictly talking about stats, there's a couple things you got to factor in. strictly talking about stats. So so there's a couple things you got to factor in when you're having that discussion. One, um, percentage of workload. Green Bay does not have a strong running attack, at least a willingness to use it. Uh, again, we think Aaron Jones can be tremendous, but they still have not shown a tremendous willingness to give him the ball. And he'll, he'll, he does a nice job catching passes out of the backfield, too. Um, also... I don't think you're going – I think you're going to have a lot of games with the defenses you have in Chicago and Minnesota where it's going to be run the clock down. They're not going to be throwing and compiling a ton of stats where I think the uh, Packers are going to be spending a lot of time chasing points on the scoreboard. That's going to lead to more throwing and more individual stats for Aaron Rodgers, who I still think will have the best individual statistical season of that group. Okay.
2: See, it's interesting when you bring up stats, though, because yes, there's yards. No, but there's there's yards and there's touchdowns, but there's also there's also interceptions and QBR, and and there's you know, thirty and ten is what Cousins threw last year, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is going to have a ton of yards. He's probably going to have a ton of interceptions too. Whoa.
0: I'm going to go ahead and pump the brakes on you on that.
2: I'm not going to say a and ton he's of a guy interceptions. He throws a ton of interceptions. But, but if that offensive line is worse than what you, it was... I'll, I will bet you... I'll say he throws 14 we'll come up with a
1: bet that I, I will guarantee you Mitchell Trubisky throws more interceptions than Aaron Rodgers
2: does. <laughs> really? By far. By far? Yes. Like over-under type of shit, or what are we doing here?
1: We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something.
2: Okay, okay. Fair enough. But Cousins will still have better numbers. I'm saying about cousins. Well, because we're talking about who's going to have the best statistical year, and I'm saying cousins will.
1: But again, cousin, we just had a whole conversation about Dalvin Cook and, and his return to form for this team, and the fact that their defense is good. They're, he'll he may have the better season as a performer. As a leader, as a guy, that, but in terms of stats, you're for, you're completely discounting the notion of chasing points. That's, that's what fantasy football is built on. You want to draft fantasy players who are on teams with bad defenses because that's where you compile stats, chasing a lot of points. You're down 20 points at the half. Guess what? You're barely ever running that fucking ball in the second half. You're throwing right. it a ton. That's how you compile stats in the NFL. That's why I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. And not, uh, because I think there are going to be a lot of games where the Vikings are going to be up 20 points at a half.
0: I just, I don't want to get too far away from it, the fact that Sal thinks that Aaron Rodgers is going to go from throwing two interceptions to throwing 14. (laughs) The guy has thrown 80 interceptions in 11 years. He doesn't even average double digits. How many interceptions did Trubisky throw last year? Um, Twelve. Let me find. Oh, you already have it. There you
2: go. Yeah. you, you think definitely.
0: Aaron Rodgers is going to go from throwing two interceptions to going to throwing fourteen interceptions?
2: Like, well, we had talked about the loss of Randall Cobb. We talked about um, Green Bay not putting any weapons with Aaron Rodgers this off season. You talked so about him. So if you don't right. have, <laughs> so if you don't have people to to get the ball from Aaron Rodgers, who the fuck is he throwing to? His other wide receivers. Have you yeah, watched but... Aaron
1: Rodgers in the last fucking? <laughs> he'll throw the fucking ball to the mascot to on the sidelines. He give a shit. Yeah. Like he'll turn that guy into a top five wide receiver.
0: They they, I, I... they didn't have Randall Cobb for all of last year, and he threw two interceptions.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> so hey, I and I say, believe I, I... one of those two was on a tipped ball by yes. the receiver.
0: It was. Yep. Okay. He, he had he had one legit interception, and okay. that was that was just a badly thrown ball. The guy, had, not since 2010, has he thrown double-digit interceptions. So I don't, I don't, I don't know where your idea of he's going to throw a ton of interceptions so, came so from. So we'll talk. We'll talk about the stakes of that bet later on, Sal. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, by the so, so there's definitely there is there is a ton more um, terrible wrestling pay per views and wrestling movies out there and stuff like that, that that you can you can choose. To do for your next bet,
1: you're going to. Lose. Oh no! This this is what this is do? China porn. This is what this is. Okay. Ouch. This is,
2: hey, right. we haven't we haven't agreed on any stink shit either. So, <laughs> well, slow to, down slow down on the x podcast.
0: You have to fight on that. <laughs> as, long, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, it is hard to say that he doesn't have the best statistically year. That doesn't mean he's the best quarterback. That doesn't mean that he has he has an MVP season. That just means that based on Mitch Trubisky having nobody to throw to, and Minnesota being a team that can go ahead early, and Detroit being a dumpster fire, that it's it's hard to say Rodgers is not going to have the best statistical year on that. Now, for a little bit harder of a question, who has the most rushing yards of these four? You're looking at
1: Mike. Uh, the four quarterbacks? No, not of the four quarterbacks. So the four oh, four the running backs. Oh, okay, well because there's Mike a good did, amount yeah. of rushing quarterbacks on these teams. That's why I know what you're talking about. Randy Orton's on the team. Uh, <laughs> rushing rushing
0: oh, rushing, <laughs> rushing sorry uh so you're looking at aaron jones you're looking at um dalvin cook uh mike, mike davis jones, mike jones davis. and carry johnson tell me why it's not dalvin cook
1: <laughs> well because it's going to be tara Cohn, according to sal <laughs> um so you double down on this bed <laughs>
2: No, it's going to be Dalvin Cook. Okay. Like you said, when Cousins throws three touchdowns in the first half to Stefan Diggs and um, okay. Kyle, Kyle Rudolph, then they'll do nothing but rush the ball in the second half, and Dalvin okay. Cook will have a monster season.
1: Okay, I'll tell you why it's not going to be Dalvin Cook. Okay, go
2: ahead.
1: Uh, because here's the thing with Dalvin Cook, because he's coming off, still coming off that injury, because they have long-term plans for him and they have an investment in him, when you get down in that red zone area i don't know that they're going to let him sort of pound that ball in uh the guy who is going to pound the ball in a lot in short yardage situations is aaron jones um that dude's going to be a horse for green bay i think he's going to get a lot of red zone work i mean just look at the guys who have put up a ton of red zone touchdowns for the packers in recent years who weren't anywhere near as good as aaron jones um it's 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 something they do exceedingly well in Green Bay is get the ball onto that 4 or 5 yard line and just give it to a running back to plow it in. Uh it's something they didn't do they didn't have the personnel as much last year that could do it until Aaron Jones showed up, but once he did they started doing it more and more. Uh and I think he's going to put up a good season of touchdowns just like I said chasing points being in that red zone and being a guy that just gets a lot of goal line carries. Okay. All right, last question before we take this
0: on home. Um <clears throat> who is the MVP of the Detroit Lions? Who's their their most important player? Their season could hinge on this this one player.
2: Hmm.
1: I think it's got to be Kenny Galladay. Uh, He took steps last year towards establishing himself as elite wide receiver one in the NFL. Um, Now, that's going to be somewhat dependent to the type of season Stafford has, but from a pure skill potential, there's nobody else for him to throw the ball to either. Uh, So Galladay becomes the most likely choice for me to be the biggest player for Detroit. Do you think he has a chance of making the Pro Bowl? I think I'd be shocked if he doesn't make the Pro Bowl this year. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they got to throw it to somebody. Yeah. (laughs) Keep in mind how many. Keep in mind that's a low bar, though, Sal. Keep in mind how many people make the Pro Bowl when in fact all the people who choose not to go and then like. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's not
2: what it used to be.
0: (laughs) Okay, so Sal, you agree that Kenny Galladay, or did you have somebody else?
2: No, Kenny Go. It's the guy I was thinking of right from when you asked the question, and there's really nobody else in Detroit that can step up, unless by some miracle Trey Flowers decides that he's going to become an elite uh, defensive player. But and yeah, he's Even got the coach.
1: Defensive player will never be the MVP of a team. <laughs>
2: He's got the coach behind him that believes in him, and I think he has a good season, but no, it's Galladay. Okay. Yeah,
1: I mean, in order for a defensive player to be the MVP of a team, you have to be talking about a Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, yeah,
2: yeah. That's, that's yeah.
1: good. It's it's not, that good. It's, and Trey, Trey Flowers is not Khalil Mack. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean,
0: Stafford has largely shown that this team can sustain itself without him, um, just on their backup play and the fact that he has been so injury-plagued in his career, so... I don't feel like if they lose him that it's just like, oh, well, it's it's done. like The, the, the season's over. I think Tom Savage is okay. I think there there would be plenty of guys in the scrap heap you could throw up there as well. Uh, so MVP of Green Bay then.
1: I mean, it would be hard for me to sit here and say I think Aaron uh, Rodgers Aaron is going to have the best statistical season of all these guys and then not say he's going to be the MVP of the team. Um, but if we're looking dark horse candidates, I, I got to go Aaron Jones. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, the, this team has shown without Aaron Rodgers, they they don't have that spark. With Aaron Rodgers, even an even a banged up Aaron Rodgers, he still is able to pull wins out of his ass like that. Um, otherwise, I mean. Um, yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams is, is sort of what he is, and, and yeah, I mean, uh, Aaron Jones, the, the couple of games that he he was out last year, definitely the the, the offense was completely different on it too. But Sal, what what are your opinions on this?
2: I think it's Aaron Jones, and I think, unfortunately, and don't virtually throw stuff at me, I think the Packers are going to have to go a few games without Rodgers this year. It's kind of been the M.O., so... I mean, he played every game
0: last year albeit hurts but he played every game last year.
2: Yeah. I just I don't know. I
1: think there were there were job. a few games where he left
0: really yes. early I think though, so. Yes, there was there were a couple of games that he left came back um, took a shit in the middle of the game that kind of thing. <laughs> Um yeah, I mean it, it, the offensive line worries me. Um, it's been kind of a revolving door on there and he has been hit exceptionally well. And when you have a division that has this many really good defensive players on it, they're going to sneak through. They're going to get a ton of sacks in him. They haven't done much to protect him, honestly. And uh, and yeah, I mean, the guy is on the wrong side of 30. He is a guy that, because he is so mobile, as soon as you take his legs out and he loses that mobility, he doesn't become as dynamic as he could be. Um, so. The Vikings. Who is the
1: MVP of the Vikings? Sal, you want to go first on this one?
2: I'm going to say... It's going to be... May. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's going to be Kirk Cousins, but... It's also going to be Adam uh, Thielen. Because he's going to have a fucking monster year. And those two together, I think, are going to be some of the... Probably... Top three in all the NFL as far as receiver quarterback combo. Okay.
1: So the guy who led the league in receiving last year is going to be really good this year. Way to go on a limb there, Sal. Hey, Let's
2: it's, it's I mean, it's right there running me. How can you disagree with it? Yeah, so, um, go ahead, Dad.
0: Jason. No, no, go ahead. Okay. For me, I mean, it's it's got to be Thielen because if, if they lose Thielen or Diggs, they've only got the one of the guy, then you then it changes the way offense that the, the defense is plan against him. Thielen goes down, you double team Diggs, they don't have a lot of depth after him. If Diggs goes down, same thing with Thielen. So uh Cousins, I, I think yeah, he is a difference maker, but I also think that the way that their offense is set up, um, there's a lot of plug and play quarterbacks that will that won't lose you a game. They might they won't be as dynamic as Cousins, but they, they definitely can do enough. Just by like throwing it to Thielen and Diggs, that I think that it's more important that Thielen and Diggs stay healthy. And Dalvin Cook, we saw, not 100% healthy. It it did change the complexity of the team, but uh, Abdullah Boone Thomas, I think they could all take the share in place of Cook. So Jason, go ahead.
1: I'm gonna go with Dalvin Cook. I think that was the instrument, the element, the the ingredient, if you will, that was missing from the vikings for a good chunk of last year and then yes he was active for a lot of games but he wasn't really himself till very near the end of the season uh that you started to see some glimpses of what this offense could be with him in in place and and sort of going full bore Uh, i think he's coming in fresh camp full see full off season to work i think you're going to see the best of dalvin cook and i think his presence is going to allow them it's going to add a completely different dynamic to this team because you're not going to be able to double team on the ends. You're going to have to respect and put more guys in the box to try to stop the run uh, and even the passing out of the run, passing out of the backfield uh, that Kirk Cousins has done well in the past in Washington. So I think Dalvin Cook just adds an entirely different element to this team and statistically may not be the guy with the most eye popping numbers, but I think he will be ultimately the most valuable player for that team.
0: Okay, Uh, so that moves us right along to Chicago, um, who we think is going to be the MVP of this team. Uh, Me personally, it's Khalil Mack. The guy is a game-changer on defense. Their defense was such a big part of the reason why uh, they went to the playoffs, the reason why they won 12 games. Uh, If he goes down, they don't really have anyone of that caliber, and he is such a, a, a generational talent that he would be a huge loss in it. Now, obviously, they do still have some really good players you know, around him. Trevathian, Smith both came on very good last year. Uh, There's secondary, Jackson, Fuller, Clinton Dix, Amukamara. They're all really good players, but they benefit from having Khalil Mack um, to take a lot of that attention away, so they're able to be freed up to make, make those plays as well. Uh, but, Jason, who do, you, who do you got on this one?
2: Uh,
1: the MVP of the Chicago Bears is going... To be a name you might not expect, it's John Gruden uh, because his complete <laughs> inability to work with Khalil Mack has oh given God. the Bears their best player. Uh, so it's a little a little unorthodox, but I'm gonna go with John Gruden on this one. <laughs> there you go, there you go. I can I can tell you our
0: here in, in Green Bay as soon as that trade went down. It was just, you, there was a haze over the over the entire state. It was just like, how? How did this fucking happen? How did they not only get Khalil Mack, but for fucking pennies? <laughs>
1: well, this is the same. You think, in, think of this, like, John Gruden might be the best coach in the NFL because he turned around entirely the fortunes of two teams last year by giving away... <laughs> <laughs> both Amari Cooper to D- D- Dallas yep. who at the moment of that trade completely transformed that offense and they started flying mm-hmm. and of course giving away Khalil Mack to the Bears so yes, John Gruden saving franchises left and right uh, <laughs> why, don't, why don't we uh, send some more free players over to Miami and we could use some of them over there hey, there you go, I mean, uh, you know, David Carr's still around no, I'm, I'm good Derek, I'm sorry. Derek, sorry, Derek <laughs> Derek, you, you don't you
0: don't want Derek Carr as an upgrade over fucking Fitz Fitzmagic over there?
1: Hey, they've got uh, what's it, Josh Rosen now? So <laughs> oh, that's true. They do have Josh Rosen now.
2: Uh, okay, uh, sell. So. It, it's Khalil Mack. I, I'm just as a football fan. I was so fucking mad at Gruden trading him. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like really? I'm gonna start on this team. My first year, I'm gonna trade the best player. Boom! Get out of here. It's my team. Like, what a fucking moron. And then, like you said, Amari Cooper completely revitalized the Cowboys. Ugh. Gruden is just... You know what? I think it's funny that the team moved to Vegas, and now Gruden is literally doing everything he can to sink that team into the depths from which it will never recover.
0: He wanted to to get rid of Derek Carr. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, He still might. Can I throw out one Dark Horse candidate for MVP for this team? Uh Uh-huh. He's not going to be the MVP, but if they want to take that step to that next level, they have got to find a way to utilize Trey Burton in the passing game more than they did last year. Um, This guy can be a dynamic weapon for them on offense, and we saw flashes of it last year, but all too often Trubisky went away from it. Um, So he needs to find a way to force the action to Trey Burton a little bit this year.
0: Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's actually going to do it for this um, because we're already at about an hour and a half and, and if we're going to try to do another division, it's not it's not going to go very well. So, <laughs> uh, so that was the first episode of Rundown Sports. Uh, you can, of course, keep it locked here to rundownwrestling.com uh, for all of your wrestling-related uh, podcasts as well as now some sports stuff too. So uh, we will have another one of these uh, focusing on the AFC North um Probably in a week or two. Um, but, uh, of course, keep it locked here as well. I want to thank uh, my guest for joining
1: me, Jason. Thanks, Troy. It was fun to talk about something that uh, wasn't as infuriating as wrestling has been lately.
2: <laughs> there you go. And uh, Sal. Thank you, Troy. Definitely you. had a bunch of fun. One day we'll find Jeff. He's somewhere in the Yeah, air.
0: somewhere. He's, <laughs> his, his phone is still ringing. Somewhere in a... In a...
2: I still think we should spot. call him live on air.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to do that today.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, so with that, he said he was going to be on the show. If you call him live on air, he'll be on the show. He'll be on the show. It's, show just, it's just forcing him to live up to his promise. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, we'll definitely have to get him on,
0: on next time because he's going to need to discuss why he believes the Cleveland Browns are going to the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of which, I got to drop off some Browns in my Super Bowl. So everybody, <laughs> thank you for joining us, and we will. See you around. I don't don't have a clever (laughs) I don't
1: have a clever closing for this one. Football! (laughs) Here's my closing. (laughs) Alright. Bye. Later.